Hello and welcome to another edition of the Energy Detox, a petroleum-based blend of leadership conversations guaranteed to boost your professional and personal output by flushing away the hidden and often toxic barriers to peak performance. I'm your host, Joe Sinnott, a chemical engineer, executive coach, and 16-year energy industry veteran helping you tap into the same resources fueling today's most successful and sustainable leaders. And today we're going to talk about how some of those leaders are better than others at recognizing what it takes to build a better culture, to build engagement and morale and pull people together. And again, this is a very common topic among the leadership development world and the human resources world, especially in light of the last 18 months where many companies are trying to figure out how to do that differently. How do you build culture? How do you maintain culture? How do you sustain everything that was working before the pandemic in an age where people are, in many ways, disconnected? Disconnected physically, disconnected mentally with everything else that might have been going on in their lives, even as they are more connected in some ways from a digital standpoint. And to drive this conversation, we're going to talk about the fact that we are now after Halloween, which means that we are in full swing when it comes to holiday party preparation. Christmas decorations are in most stores right now. Uh, Most companies already have on the calendar some sort of holiday party if they're going to do something in person. Certainly industry organizations have their holiday parties already scheduled out. And I know internally in our family, again, the the conversations are happening on which weekends we're going to get together and, and celebrate Christmas this year. So things are in full swing. However, there are some potential kinks in plans this year, especially if you happen to be a fan of any Anheuser-Busch products. Because Anheuser-Busch, based in St. Louis, went ahead and, and announced recently that the threat to the Spire STL pipeline that carries natural gas to the St. Louis area could mean that come December, they might have some issues from a supply chain standpoint moving their products because many of their trucks run on compressed natural gas. And if the flow of gas is interrupted, they might have issues fueling their trucks. And of course, if they have issues fueling their, fueling their trucks, they're going to have issues fueling the, the needs and the demands of their clientele. So with that being said, we have this thirsty Thursday edition of the Energy Detox where we're going to use that, that pipeline story there from the Midwest as an excuse to talk about about holiday parties. And we're going to build on some of the commentary that is included in the article that we linked to today in the show notes. And that comes from Marcellus Drilling News, where Jim Willis, as always, does a, a very good job with some uh, some pithy comments to, again, point out how impactful it is when you try to shut down the flow of reliable, affordable, plentiful energy. And again, this doesn't just apply to beer, of course. This applies to everyone in the St. Louis area, so much so that even the you know left-leaning mayor of St. Louis said, hey, we need this natural gas. We're not just talking about beer, of course. We're talking about heating people's homes and the very real possibility that if this natural gas flow is interrupted, if this pipeline, which has been in service for two years, is not allowed to continue, then there's going to be dire consequences. And now, Building on yesterday's conversation about uh, being overly dramatic and building in too much doom and gloom, I I will say that I'm 
at least in my personal opinion, and, and based on reading various articles, not just the Marcellus Drilling News article, I'd say the odds are pretty good that uh, the pipeline will continue flowing. But for the purposes of today's conversation, we are going to assume that things might not always be flowing as smoothly as possible uh, from a figurative standpoint when it comes to the tips and the tricks and the tools that you're using to maintain engagement and to build your culture. And so with that being said, we're going to jump into the first question today, which is, in what ways can you extend your employee engagement growing season? And by that, I mean, what ways can you ensure that you're engaging employees, you're, you're motivating them, you're building morale 12 months out of the year? And again, it's a, it's a noble goal. It gets talked about, but it also gets lost in the normal cycles of performance appraisement periods and bonus periods. And again, of course, you know, holiday season and the parties that ensue and some of the, the normal milestones that occur that lead to some ups and downs in engagement and morale and visibility at times between the higher ups in an organization and, you know, their, you know, everyone else along down the line. And so the question for you is, in what ways can you extend those seasons? If you feel that there is a, a a rush of excitement and enjoyment when you guys have a Christmas party that that brings people together and perhaps brings in, in spouses and family members and and really helps the company feel like a family, if that is a, a word that you use to describe your culture, well, then again, how can you continue that throughout the rest of the year? But we're not just talking about, again, putting on parties and events and picnics and barbecues. You guys can brainstorm about that all you want. The bigger question is, how do you ensure that level of engagement and visibility that often occurs when you have events like that? When you might have senior management interacting, again, with every rung of the organization, especially in a family environment where people's guards are kind of brought down and where they're able to uh, have a more free-flowing conversation and, again, in turn, reveal things about themselves, about their observations about the culture and about what's ultimately important to them to to the stakeholders that can actually make some decisions. So all that being said, ask yourself, in what ways are you limiting yourself to holiday parties and other things that you were doing, again, pre-pandemic that you're trying to replicate now in this, in this new age? Ask yourself, instead of maybe replicating some of those things or trying to find the equivalent of a holiday party if your company is still remote or mostly remote or, or you have people scattered about, don't just try to replicate what was there before because, again, there's many ways to achieve the same results. And most of them start with fostering an environment where you have normal human conversations and can ask questions and can, as we move to the second question, can let your guard down. Because the ironic thing at times is in order to protect whatever culture you have and, and think you have, and assuming you think it's actually a good culture, despite what the statistics say, which is that you probably don't have as good a culture as you think. But in order to protect what's actually working and to protect your reputation and your effectiveness as a leader, the ironic thing is that in many ways, letting your guard down is one of the best ways to ensure that you can continue along a positive path and you can build upon that. So again, ask yourself, in what ways can you let your guard down more? And it doesn't just have to be at a party. It doesn't just have to be over a couple beers or drinks or Whatever, uh, whatever equivalent uh, Anheuser Busch is pumping out from a from a carbonated, uh, hard alcohol standpoint. But all that being said, what other ways can you let your guard down? Can you come across as human? Can you interact? And again, I don't need to answer that question here. You probably have some ideas yourselves, but but that's the goal. And too many leaders that I work with, when they find themselves in a position where 
they're not connecting with their employees or they're not connecting uh, with their stakeholders, in some cases, even customers or board members or investors, whatever the case might be, many times, not all the time, but many times it comes down to a lack of humanization. Many times it comes down to a lack of real, genuine connection. And it doesn't have to be deep. You don't have to go pheasant hunting or uh, go on some week-long excursion somewhere with with your stakeholders. You don't need any of that. Many times you just need to pick up the phone and give a call. And and I love hearing anecdotes from leaders who have done this, you know, well before the pandemic, when they probably could have popped into somebody's cube. In some cases, actually just picking up the phone and calling is a much more effective way. You You get that couple seconds of disarmament where you need to convince somebody that, yes, you are reaching out to them. And no, you don't have any ulterior motive other than just maybe checking in or acknowledging something that they've done. But what ways can you do that? What ways can you replicate that without needing a full-blown party, without needing uh, a free flow of uh, Anheuser-Busch products to, to help people let their guard down from a, uh, you know, from a toxicologic, toxicolog- I'm making up words here. Anyway, regardless of your mechanism, Ask yourself how you can let your guard down and how that might actually solidify and protect what you've already built to this point. And then finally, ask yourself if the bag of tricks that you're using, if you will, is sustainable. And we've already talked about this a little bit in some of the other questions, but how might the things that you've been doing in the past actually no longer be relevant? And in fact, assuming that your organization is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, are there things that you're doing that are undermining those? And again, it could be as simple, you know, these conversations aren't meant to be terribly complicated. It could be as simple as the fact that you lean heavily on, you know, company golf outing, for example, ignoring the fact that many people don't golf or again, a clay shoot, or again, coming back to the theme of this episode, something that involves drinking and not heavy drinking. Clearly there's many different ways that you can be alienating folks and not allowing them to come into the fold. And again, This is overly simplistic. I don't need to tell you that. But the bigger question, the deeper question that I often get to in conversations with people is, how might you be unwittingly alienating people? How can you get to the people who have no interest in a party, who have no interest in, quite frankly, engaging with other human beings? How can you extract from them the insights that you would like to gain and you need to gain from some of these holiday extravaganzas where, again, people's guards are down and you can pick up tidbits and information that you can use not only to better the company, but to better your relationship with individuals within the company. How might you be putting on gatherings and get-togethers? Again, you know, pick, pick from a full list of things, whether it's uh, an event at Top Golf or bowling, all good things, all things that you would assume should bring people out and at least bring the majority of people out to enjoy themselves. But Many cases, it is those silent ones, those people who have no interest, those people who don't show up. How are you connecting with them? Or are you just dismissing them? And if you are dismissing them, is that running counter to your stated intentions when it comes to inclusion and diversity and equity? And from an equity standpoint, again, we're talking about equitable access to leaders, equitable access to the eyes and the ears of leaders who need and should want to get the opinions of those around you. And again, we've talked in other episodes about at times the ineffectiveness of corporate surveys and employee engagement exercises that you know bring people together. But nothing is more effective than engaging one-on-one with an individual. And if it's not in, again, a team building setting, then what can it be? How can you get those conversations? It doesn't have to be with everybody. 
But if you're not capturing at least a, a sizable portion of those people who have no desire to engage in activities that don't tickle their fancy, if you will, then ask yourself, how can you get to that point? And so with all that being said, as always, I appreciate uh, your time and, and energy and, and uh, your engagement with the Energy Detox podcast. We will continue doing these morning editions here at 6.30 Eastern time and taking a relevant headline or at least a quasi-relevant headline and weaving in energy industry themes and most importantly, leadership themes to help you continue growing, protecting, and sustaining success. And so with that, I welcome your feedback as always. I encourage you to visit theenergydetox.com for other episodes like this that are weaving in relevant topics and themes that I'm hearing and the people that I work with that I'm seeing in the, in the broader uh, leadership world. And of course, that are topical for you and for me who support the energy industry. So with that being said, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week. And if you happen to be in St. Louis, I, I hope that as you head into the home heating season, if not the, uh, the, you know, start drinking at 5 p.m. season because it's getting dark early. I do hope that the uh, Spire STL pipeline issues are resolved, that things are able to keep flowing, and that all of the doom and gloom issues that Budweiser and other companies within that region are uh, claiming do not indeed come to fruition. So again, thank you as always, and have a great rest of the day. <laughs>